right, our next story is definitely not as bleak. Uh, it's actually quite interesting to see how consumer dynamics are leading these apps to success. And I'm getting most of this info from a marketwatch.com story. I'll point y'all in that direction as well for a full breakdown. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read directly from that story here for the statistical information, and then we will get into some discussion. So, Peer-to-peer payment platforms are seeing explosive growth in the U.S. before COVID-19, but now with COVID-19, they've seen a new surge of momentum. Here's from the story, quote, services like Squares Inc., SQ, uh, Cash App, and PayPal Holding Inc.'s uh, PYPL and SQ, so uh, those are their stock market Uh, identifiers, uh, including Venmo as well. They all found new uses during the height of the pandemic as people looked for ways to tip service workers, donate to causes, and patronize businesses that had moved to offer digital services during lockdowns. The services also allowed users to get their stimulus payments direct deposited through their platforms, which helped some people get their money more quickly and drove more users to try the Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. Quote continued, the network effects of peer-to-peer payments give PayPal and Square a leg up on traditional banks, as well as challenger banks like Chime and Revolut. And this is coming from, uh, let's see, who's saying this? Ah, yes, ARK Invest analyst Max Friedrich. He continues to say that uh, contributing to lower customer acquisition costs uh, made these platforms more valuable uh, because users are helping the companies basically do their marketing. Uh, so the more that people grab onto these platforms, the more they're going to evangelize them because they are more useful when, guess what, you've got your friends on there. So interesting little dynamic there. And I'll get into uh, network effects of that here in a little bit as well. Here continues our analyst, Max Friedrich. Uh, he breaks down and says, uh, Wells Fargo literally spends $500 million each year on postage and supply costs, uh, which, yeah, that's a huge marketing budget. Yeah. So now compare that to Cash App and Venmo. Lower customer acquisition costs help digital wallets like the Cash App and Venmo apps pick up unbanked customers, in his view, as these customers are typically viewed as unattractive for mainstream banks from a financial perspective. Often they don't even want to deal with your credit score, and that's a huge inhibitor, especially if we even loop it back to our last conversation. Uh, If you're dealing with folks in socioeconomically disadvantaged communities, often bad credit because just not a lot of access to um, lenders that are, you know, boosting your credit. And typically when you're in one uh, financially stressful situation it tends to snowball here in the u.s there's not a lot of support for you uh so square has allowed cash app users to buy and sell bitcoin as well uh they've been doing that for years i thought taylor might have some interesting insights on that um and it recently added equities trading as well and the company's debit card program lets users choose amongst a rotating set of rewards including 10 percent off doordash orders and 10 percent off a purchase at any grocery store so those are my main uh pieces of information to get the conversation rolling but basically what we're seeing here is cash app venmo paypal um they are all uh, seeing the benefits of a uh, lower barrier to entry for people to have access to money transfer. And I think it really speaks to the current dynamic of how inaccessible banking is to a huge portion of 
our populace and also how behind banking is for the kind of peer to peer uh, consumerism that has grown. Uh, everything is still very siphoned, still very, you know, walled, gardened uh, when you're dealing with banks. And that is making them a bit archaic to some degree. Clearly, these services have found ways to safely manage your money and, uh, you know, find ways to get it to other people faster uh, and more effectively. So what are y'all's thoughts on this dynamic? Uh, is this something that you think is going to continue to boom? Do you see this being any kind of real structural challenge on the banking industry? Or, I mean, you know, is there any way you can really even challenge such a, an economic pillar? Um, what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, I don't know that I see it actually challenging the uh, the more, let's say, legitimate banks and, and that sort of thing. But I've used... I think every platform that that you've mentioned in this story, you know, be it Venmo, Cash App, uh, PayPal, all of those sorts of things, and they're all just so insanely easy to use that I, I don't know why, even if you do have a normal bank, you don't use these apps along with them, right? Um, just from a, a customer point of view, but for businesses, you could definitely see how um, you know, utilizing Square and things like that have have proven to be beneficial. But yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm in intrigued. Let's say about how this this works moving forward. But you know, when you use Cash App, it's it's shockingly easy to be able to you know do different things with it, like buy stocks, buy Bitcoin, things like that. Like I have ten dollars in Bitcoin in Cash App just because because I was like this will be neat. I don't know, you know. And so th- there are some. It, it does allow for that flexibility, like you mentioned, Daniel, and I think that that's something that is intriguing moving forward, because you're right, there is so much red tape around banking that uh, that it's easy to see why people, especially during this time, would would move more towards this, um, this method, towards this angle, uh, just because of the freedoms that it provides. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think like Tyler said, there's obviously going to be a... Uh, kind of a stronghold on currency that the central banks have and and kind of some of those institutions and um, things like the Federal Reserve and whatnot. But um, as consumers and as as you know individuals utilize um, their money or I guess their their debt based money, um, it's such a uh, yeah, it's, it's it's such an easy way to move those funds around. Um, and it's one of those things that allows you to interact with the world and with people in a, um, you know, a much, much different way. In fact, uh, I, I've gotten to where probably about 70% of the time that I leave the house, even, you know, when I know I'm going to have a certain type of transaction, uh, you know, maybe at a restaurant or at a store, um, I rarely need my wallet. Um, so I, I think that the relationship with how we uh, use technology in our, our uh, funds has definitely shifted. Um, and in fact, you know, uh, um, Cash App uh, specifically, I think, really helped me um, with my um, uh, stimulus check. I remember not being able to uh, deposit that, you know, immediately through my bank. Um, they made it really easy. I was able to do it just right there on my phone. Um, so, yeah, there's I, I think a lot of uh, big benefits from having something that is consumer centric in you know, our financial management. Um, and, and absolutely. I mean, my mom is on Venmo and I always kind of use that as like a benchmark of if a technology has really, 
gotten itself into the ether of societies if my mom is using it or not. And, uh, you know, since I, I can send her money back and forth on there, I, I know it's got to be something, uh, uh, you know, kind of locked in, I think, in, in <laughs> right. terms of, uh, you know, how the, the greater public uses it. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I think that there is a a growing number of concerns of centralized currencies um, and and maybe moving towards some more decentralized currencies, things like your, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and um, you know, other options for that are going to uh, probably continue to grow, you know, especially as, as we kind of see how volatile some of our financial systems currently are. Um, but also that's not a system you can just immediately uproot and rebuild from the ground up either. It's kind of, um, it's almost all or nothing in a way. So yeah, um, we'll see. But I, I do think that these types of technologies are going to be 100% uh, paramount in getting us from, you know, where we're at right now to, you know, some of those steps down the road towards a um, safer and more decentralized currency. Right. And let's be honest, these platforms are going to continue to be successful and operate well, as long as the banking industry thinks that they can operate under their terms. As soon as these start to pose any sort of actual structural threat, there will be something that will prevent them from, you know, amassing that kind of industry shaking um openness you know even if it is we are we are the next generation of banking we are going to basically become banking to some degree but we are going to remove a lot of the barriers to entry uh, we're not going to be as um as uh, stringent on who and who can't get our services based on credit scores or based on, you know, turning people away uh, because of their socioeconomic backgrounds and disadvantages. You know, if they lean in that direction and try to reinvent banking, you know, banking to some degree, I'm not saying I'm a banking expert, but I do know that it's a, you know, realistically, it's a, it's a pretty, um, pretty walled garden kind of industry. Then, that could be a big shakeup for uh, at least just your consumer level banks um, or, you know, the ones offering consumer level services, even business services. So there's something I think worth discussing there. I think for now, what we should take away from this is just you have some platforms that are making it really easy to handle money. And in the short term, I think that's a good thing. Uh, And I also think it just points to where we're seeing consumer energy and that is in applications that um well applications or businesses or anything that uh emphasize ease of use and that also emphasize connectedness with other people in your network those network effects are really strong and if you've got most of your family or most of your friends on one of these platforms and they're trading money around super easily you got to pay them back for a, a, a mcchicken then you know you're going to want to download that and you're going to want to shoot them two or three bucks over the app versus trying to find your cash or, I mean, come on, you're not writing a two or $3 check. <laughs> so I think the convenience of them is definitely proving to have been a good idea and a good investment. What I'm curious as is to how these companies are going to continue to grow and whether or not they're going to push further and further into the banking industry. And if they do, what will that look like? And will there be a response? Guess what? Business casual classic. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm. You are correct, as always.
<laughs> well, I don't know about as always. <laughs> okay, but okay. Well, we're 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 trying our best out here. All right. When you say we'll see, you're always right. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 